Certainly an exciting day for the Edmonton Oilers to acquire Duncan Keith. Just felt like uh, the Edmonton Oilers right now. It was a, it was a good fit, a great fit. Excited to uh, to start this this new chapter of my career and try to win a cup in Edmonton. It's always been uh, my goal to, to be able to stay in Edmonton, and it's just what I've wanted. I've loved my time in Edmonton so far. The team is uh, progressing uh, the way we want it to, and I want to be a part of that. And uh, obviously, the biggest reason I want to stay is that I want to win at Edmonton. Here's McDavid all the way, scores! Locked on Oilers podcast as uh, we're ready to close out 2021 and welcome in 2022 and uh, another pandemic year and hopefully 2022 uh, brings the end of this uh, of all this COVID stuff. But we have an Oilers game to break down here on the Locked on Oilers podcast today. First time we're doing a, a post game edition on the same day, which is kind of cool. I'm your host, Renan Salas from TSN 1260. Like always, you can connect with me. On Twitter at Hernan the Man and at Locked On Oilers. And thanks for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, Oilers drop uh, another one here in December. Um, not very good. Uh, it was a fun game, but just some defense lapses, uh, defensive lapses, uh, not good goaltending. And just this team continues to struggle here as we head into the new year. They drop a 6 5 OT loss to the New Jersey Devils. We're going to break it all down. A lot of things happen in this game, a lot of things happening in the month of December for the Edmonton Oilers and some news coming also of some postponements for uh, Canadian teams, including the Edmonton Oilers in January as well. And to help me break it all down, he just did a post game show at 1260. So definitely OM1 for joining me here on the Lockdown Oilers podcast. Connor Halley from the Jason Gregor show and the other Connor podcasts. You can connect with him on Twitter at uh, Connor Halley. Connor, man, how was uh, how were the how were the the listeners after that game? <laughs> well, I mean, Hernan, as you know, you you usually do it. Uh, they're fired up, and you know as they should be this was a game that uh for the edmonton oilers like it was frustrating you know they just they had trouble scoring the goals to, to take the lead i mean they finally do but it was like you know they, they just couldn't get momentum they'd score one goal they'd give it back quickly and you know even when they took the lead there you know they have a chance on the power play late in the game to to really cement it and and go out there and wrap up a game finish a game like take it out of the the devil's hands and, and just go out there send out your best players and bury one and and walk away with the two points with ease, turn your attention to the New York Islanders, but you know, they can't do it. They allow a late goal there. And uh, then in overtime, depending on who you ask, maybe a softy from Mike Smith. So Oilers fans uh, in the post game show, pretty, pretty fired up, pretty ticked off. Uh, not too much optimism, a lot of negativity and, I get it. I get it, Hernan. It's it's been a, a rough stretch. The start of the year, obviously was so well, they didn't face much adversity. And then it seemed like, you know, in the month of December, it all hit them injuries, uh, COVID issues and uh, questionable play. So I, I guess maybe for this team, they're, they're happy to turn their attention towards 2022 because the last month of 2021, certainly not ideal. Yeah. Let's break it down. I mean, a very bad first period. And I got chirped on Twitter saying I'm so damn negative, but you, you give up three goals in the first six minutes. They gave the devils four grade A scoring chances, chances, which they scored on, on two of them. Now better in the second period, uh, they come out of it tied. And then once again, in the third, they're chasing the game They get down, but they're able to find two goals. We're going to get to the review 
preview and all that in a bit here. Um, they can't close it out. Uh, you can call it a pick play on on Colton Sevier. Sure, I mean generally that's called, but it wasn't, and they they just couldn't find a way. Mike Smith in overtime, brilliant on two breakaways, and then a softy. I don't care if he screen, make the damn save. That's what you get paid to do, Connor. It just seems that in in again this team when you <laughs> it's. They give up the first goal for the 21st time this season. They allow the first goal for the 18th time in the last 22 games. They're two and nine in December. They're always chasing the game. Like Connor, like there was some good in this game, but this team can't continually play from behind because they're going to be out of a playoff spot if they continue to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's just continually shooting yourself in the foot. And I mean, yeah, like you say that there were some positives. I thought Kyler Yamamoto had a great game. Yeah. David uh, getting back on the score sheet with a couple goals. Uh, McLeod, I thought, you know, showed signs there. There were some positives. Keith, in Keith had a bounce back, right? Like Keith, Keith after his worst game. game. Yeah, he yeah, was good. yeah. The past, I mean, some people don't want to hear it. Some people don't want to hear us, uh, you know, compliment Duncan Keith, but, you know, he had a bounce back game. And, and then there was just a lot of negative surrounding it. But, uh, you know, they, they also were finding ways to to keep themselves in games. Like, they they responded very nicely. They were resilient. Yeah. They, they got back into the games, but then on the flip side and you know you, you can't ignore it then they would just get the goal right back and it was like they tie things up and then they'd get comfortable and then they'd be a little sloppy in their own end and couldn't get the save that they needed and it yeah i mean it's it, it's tough in a game like that not to come off as negative because i feel like if you or i on twitter were spouting off about how things were going well we'd be criticized for that too as well right so well i think you, that you, know, you can't you just, win right well, yeah, you, I mean, you call it as you see it in front of you, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like in the last couple of weeks, like I said, if, if you were to go out there on Twitter, Herdan, and be like, oh, things are good, this is fine, well, you're going to lose a lot of credibility because it's not fine because their play hasn't been good enough, and they've got to find a way to turn it around. I mean, we're getting lots of people on the text line at 10 12, 60 mentioning maybe it's time to make that coaching change. And that was something that a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of thinking, you know, let, let's see if they can work their way out of this. Once they get everybody back, see if they can kind of find their groove. And it, it just hasn't been the case. And now I'm open to that discussion. Like we've seen what it did for the Vancouver Canucks. Not like that's just uh, going to happen hundred percent. If the Oilers were to make a move, but I, I I'm definitely not on that side where I'm ignoring those people. Like now I'm saying, okay, well let's have that conversation. If, if you want a coaching change to be made, who would you bring in and, and give me, and, you know, a legitimate Connor, just throw something out Connor. There. And, and I'm with you. Like weeks ago, I was, I was defending Dave Tippett and I was like, come on guys. Like this team's still not, now they're losing traction. They're, they're, they're going to get caught uh, enough with the excuses. Every team's had COVID protocol issues. Every team's had injuries. Uh, the orders, but I'll say this and, and, and I get the frustration with Dave Tippett. I do. And and I understand him, but is, is Jay Woodcroft getting promoted or Gullitson or they bring in a new coach, whoever that may be, is that going to make the goaltending better? Is that going to make the brain cramps this team has defensively better? Um, or is this team going to play with more emotion? Are they going to start games better? I don't know because as much as, Listen, the coaching staff's a part of the problem for their slow starts, but the, the guys on the ice are never ready to go. And that's a lot on them, Connor. So I don't know if a coaching change makes this team defensively and, and goalie-wise better. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, I, I do believe there is a shelf life on a, a professional coach in sport. You know, unless you're a guy like 
a Bill Belichick, right? Who, yeah, who continually yeah, yeah. wins championships and wins games. Then the players are saying, you know what? This guy knows exactly what he's talking about. If we do what he says, we are going to win games because we've seen it before. Um, I think when you're a player and you kind of hear the same old thing for a long time and things aren't getting better, there can be just that natural uh, instinct of just kind of letting some things go and, and being a little bit lazy. So I, I, I think a new voice can help, but I'll go back to what I said. Like, I, I think if you, if that's your idea, like, don't just say you got to fire him. Well, who, who would you bring in? Who, who could be the next guy? You know, so they'll say, talk it. Uh, Paul Maurice, would he want to? I feel like he wouldn't. I think he wants to take a little bit of time yeah. off personally. I, I don't know if he would do that to the Jets, you know walk away from the team and then bounce back in the NHL a month later with a, a provincial rival. I just don't see that happening. So it, it, it is something that, you know, you do have to look at, but like you, I, I get it. I mean, I, I looked when people were complaining about the slow starts and continue to, you know, as someone who's played sports, you've done the same. I have never been on a team that's had a slow start and thought, man, coach didn't have us ready tonight. Like, no, it's on the players. You got to find a way to get that energy. You got to find a way to give that extra little bit of effort to back check and get back defensively and help out. Like those are the things as players that you have to do. That has to be in your culture, knowing that you do that can stop a goal. It could lead to more offense and things like that. And and right now the Oilers don't seem to have that. Right. So I'm not saying a coaching change guarantees that this team would yeah. turn it around. It, it's been outstanding what Riz Boudreau has done for the Vancouver Canucks because it's been a coaching change. They haven't made, you know, big personnel moves or anything like that. Yeah. He's gone yeah. in there and maybe opened up their eyes and they're starting to realize they could play a certain brand of hockey and it's actually the results are right there. But I am definitely more than willing to have that conversation now. Like if, if you want to come and say, yeah. let's talk about it, then hey, yeah, maybe that could be something to look at. And I'm open to it too, but I, I said this in the summer and I said it on the JMO show when I was working with Maddie. Kenny Holland went out, spent all the money he had, brought in players. Some I liked, some I didn't like. Some have grown on me. Some I was kind of like, oh, okay, they're not that good, whatever. But I told Maddie, the orders have to ride and die with this team because they have no money. They have no picks. They have the first overall pick, but sure, what are you going to get for that? Everybody keeps bringing up Cassian and all these guys. Like, this is the Oilers team. So that's why when I say a coaching change, like, what's a coach going to come in here and do? You don't think that the new coach is going to play McDavid and Dreisaitl together at points in the season? Yeah. You don't think he's oh, going to continue absolutely. to play Nuge in the top six? Like, I just don't know what a new coach brings to this team outside of the coach bump, and they can uh, rattle off maybe three, four straight wins. But this is the team the Oilers built, and it's not a strong team. Defensively, they're not very good. Um, up front, yeah, I mean, outside of your two big stars, and yeah, Yamo was really good today. McLeod's coming on. He's playing well. But, I mean, you're still not getting that secondary scoring. So I sit here, and I'm like, this is just not a very good Oilers team. I think they're a mediocre team. I don't think they're great. And and then at the start of the season, a lot of their issues were being covered up by a power by special teams, Connor, because the PK wasn't giving up anything. Power play was scoring almost at a crazy rate, and your two big guys were were just going off. So it's it's interesting what's happening here in Edmonton. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. 
with it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for f- and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I got to ask you this, and Dave Tippett took some heat for this. He went with 11-7 and seven today. Leggett's in place just over two minutes. You overplay Nurse. You overplay Drysaddle. You overplay McDavid, and you still lose the game. I, I, I don't get this 11-7. and seven. Like, what was the point of it? Do you agree with me? Like, I get you want McDavid and Drysaddle out there a lot more, but you overplayed them, and now tomorrow we'll see what kind of effort we get from those three guys that played a ton of minutes to play Leggett's in two minutes. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> You know what, and Hernan, I, I don't disagree with you. Legison, how about getting an assist out there in his two minutes of play? A little bit better yeah, than exactly. uh, Snemberukov the night uh, a couple of nights ago <laughs> going dash too. But I, it was funny because during the game, people are talking about how this hey, this is kind of a good idea. I mean, you you get to see McDavid and Dry settle out there a little bit more. Well, you know what? If you're not going to play Willie Legison and even Slater Cuckoo getting eight minutes, you know what you could do, Hernan, is you could still dress 12 forwards and then just not play that forward, right? Like yeah, you, exactly. you, know, you, you could do that hypothetically. And then maybe, you know, yeah, you have Tyler Benson, if you want to throw him out there or, or Perlini, right? Like you have those guys that you could use in certain situations. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lose my mind over it. It, it was the decision they went with. I mean, I don't think it was the biggest reason they lost that game. It, it, a little bit interesting. And, and like you said, now for Darnell nurse, he plays 30 minutes, uh, Tyson Barry, uh, CC and Keith over 20 minutes, McDavid at 27, dry settle 24. Like it seems like an interesting tactic on the first game of a back-to-back type thing, like uh two and two. So I thought it was a unique strategy. I mean, I like the, the concept to get McDavid and dry settle out there even more, but you could still do that with dressing 12 forwards. Yeah. It's, uh what like we're we're nitpicking here I, it's not <laughs> yeah. a big deal but i mean it almost won them the game but yeah, I, I heard you guys talking on the polls show about players and 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 listen i i know players we've watched enough press conferences they're never going to throw their team under the bus they're always going to give you the cliche answers and and that's fine connor i i i don't want connor mcdavid out there saying go oh, we're we're um you know, this well, we're terrible defend. Like you're not gonna say that about your own team. But it's okay to be angry and show it. And I feel this team far too often is just okay with everything that's going on. Do you agree with that assessment? Uh yeah, yeah. And like I, I guess it depends, you know, your outlook on on hockey and how it has to be. Uh, do you have to show emotion? Do you have to get ticked off? And maybe this wasn't the game to do it, right? Like, you know, it was a close game. It was a one-goal game throughout, so you don't want to take any stupid penalties and do anything dumb. But as we were doing our post-game show today, I was watching uh, Vegas and Anaheim in the background, and the Golden Knights are winning 3 nothing. And, you know, I, I think if the Oilers were in that situation, what would it be like? You know, ho-hum, you know, let's just get through this one and on to the next game. The Anaheim yeah. Ducks were fighting. They were pissed off. They were taking penalties. Ryan Getzlaff dropped the gloves. It wasn't the biggest fight, but, you know, he, he was out there getting pissed off and showing some emotion, and I like to see that. Like, you shouldn't lose a game that you should win and just be kind of okay with it, and it, it's okay to show it a little bit, and I know Connor McDavid. I mean, when they win big games, he he's humble. When they lose, he's going to stay humble, right? Like that's just kind of his personality trait. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of a refreshing thing to see. Like 
as a fan, if you're a fan of the Ducks and they're down three nothing, you're pissed off. Well, so are the players, and you, you know they're mad. You know they have a higher standard and they want to do better. With the Oilers, you don't really see that, right? It's just kind of like, okay, well, no, maybe, maybe we'll bounce back tomorrow. Maybe not. Like it's yeah. a little thing. Maybe it's nitpicking again, but I, I mean, in, in previous games when the Oilers go down early, I mean, I, I'd love to see Cassie and you know. Uh, give a, a snow shower to the goalie, or you know, maybe a, show a you care bit on somebody. Like, yeah, just just a little. Show you like have that. a heartbeat, and 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 that you're that pissed off that you're getting your ass kicked, right? Yeah, like, I mean, that's all like, I'm when, saying. When you play sports, Hernan, like you you played soccer, you know, soccer. I played football. Like, when someone on your team shows a little bit of emotion or does something, like it, it can kind of provide a spark. So. I don't know. It's it's something the Oilers don't necessarily have, and we talked about it on the post game show. And somebody mentioned like Ryan Reeves, and yeah, he would be great to have. But why would why would a team send him away? I know, like maybe yeah. at the end of the year when his cap is an issue, or you want to make trades with your team or changes with your team. Sorry, but you're not going to bring a guy like Ryan Reeves in mid season. Like you, you got to kind of find that amongst yourselves. And I don't think the Oilers have that really. Cassian is a guy who we've seen it in the past. Like when things are going good, he he plays that role to a T. But when they're losing, I mean, it doesn't seem like he elevates his game in that in that type of fashion. So I don't know, Hernan. It's it, it. I can see why. And we got it in the text line. Like I said, people are a little bit annoyed by how how they respond. And I I feel like part of it was kind of the questions that were asked towards them in this post game were not really in a negative yeah. manner. It was kind of like, you know, do you take take any uh, confidence or grow any confidence from the yeah, no, and the, I, the and I rebound in the game? And like, I, they're not just going to tee off and be pissed off. So. It, it's tough. It's tough. It is. And it's, it's the away media and, and a lot of them are really working for the Oilers. So I, I get the questions are, are softballs and, and more positive. I get it. If this was a home game, you get the whole whack of media where there might be tougher questions, but I'm just saying, and I'm not saying go and be dirty and, and, and cheap shot someone, but on the ice show, you care. Like you said, Anaheim dropped the gloves and, and, and started taking penalties. Yeah. It's not helping them, but at least there's a pulse <laughs> And that's what you want to see from the Edmonton Oilers. And and just back to your Dave Tippett, like saying, like, uh, maybe, you know, they're tuning him out. I'll say this. It's his third season and you're already tuning out the coach. I think that says a lot more about your players than your coach. Because then you're like, what are we doing here? I'd understand if it's six, seven, eight years like Paul Maurice. But you're just into your third season with this guy and you're already tuning him out. Well, I mean, and I, like I don't, I don't want to say they're tuning him out. I, I think that there's just a natural thing with players and coaches when you hear the same old thing and it's not working. Yeah. There's just kind of just that that natural reaction is like, is is this really working? Um, I and I like I don't I don't know if they're tuning him out by any means. I, I don't want to say that at all. But yeah, if if that is that that would be an issue. Um, but so so Connor, like, your confidence this. level be in like like if the Oilers continue this. And right now they're a fringe playoff team, Hernan. Like if they yeah. make the playoffs, they'll be a wild card round team. or miss the playoffs. Like they got to make a change oh. of coach, right? Like and, and if if, if, if like they miss going right now, if they miss the playoffs, Connor, everybody's getting blown up. Everyone, and I mean Bobby Nicholson, uh, Kenny Holland. They, you cannot miss the playoffs with this team, and they have holes. Yeah, but Kenny Holland went out and filled them. Um, and he made mistakes. He did. But Connor, man, like I can't even believe me and you are talking about this team possibly missing the playoffs <laughs> because it is a possibility. They're yeah, not a very I, good team right now. Like I, I can't go off what they did in October and early November. I can't, Connor, because that's in the past. 
They've won two games in December. They're two and nine to close out the year. Like, I mean, all of a sudden is Mike Smith and Nico Koskinen going to become elite goaltenders or all of a sudden is decor going to just boom, become this, this amazing uh, uh, stay at home and then lock it down defense group. I don't see it, man. I don't. And I'll ask you this, is this team too soft to play against? Like, I feel like the Oilers give wrap a lot of goals. They're not hard. I mean, outside of Darnell Nurse, there's no one physical on this team. Zach Cassian, when he's on, sure, but this team is not a physical team. This team is not a team that makes the other team earn their goals. Look at the game today. Well, just one thing here, and just about the playoffs, and like I, I said, kind of fringe right now. They're currently in seventh. Uh, Colorado's a point back, but has four games in hand. Yeah. Uh, the Sharks have one game in hand or two points back. But they're on a two-game winning streak. The Kings uh, are 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They're only two points back. The Jets, I mean, I think they'll find a way to bounce back. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, 8-1-1. One one. They're four points back with a couple games in hand. Like, this this is going to be a really tight race going yeah. down the stretch here. And the Oilers right now, the way they played as of late, 2-7-1 in their last 10. So, yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. Like, if you had to take a bet right now, are the Oilers, the way things are going in this current moment, a favorite to make the playoffs? I'm unsure. I mean, I they're not they're probably not catching Calgary. Calgary's playing better hockey. Uh, as of late, they've got a couple games in hand of the Oilers and, and are a point up. So, you know, they, they, things have to change. And I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's personnel. But something does have to change for the Oilers to get this thing going. Uh, maybe they'll figure out amongst themselves. Your question was, are they too soft to play or too easy to play against? Either one, I guess. Yes, they are. They are, Hernan. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of get sick of watching the flybys, you know, like uh, the oh. opposing team goes for a puck behind their net and there's not a, a hit. Like, and I'm not saying you have to crush them, but let them know you're there, right? At, at least make them think some form of contact is coming. So they might have to just rush that pass just a little bit, right? not let them think that they have all day to, you know, corral the puck, go back, make a decision, like do something, just let them know you're coming. And with the Oilers, I, there's, there's so many flybys. Like there doesn't seem to be that guy that just likes to go in there and muck it up. Like, so yeah, uh, I, I a hundred percent think that this team is too easy to play against right now. Uh, and, and when McDavid and dry settle are off the ice, like what's happening? I mean, yeah. there, there's flashes from a cloud every once in a while, but, but no, but there's, a, I'm on fire. There's, there's nothing really going on. There's a reason they've only drawn one, two penalties in the last two games. You got to, and yeah, okay. The refs can miss one. They scored on one that was called. So they would have had two power plays, but I mean, you generate your, you generate your power plays and the orders are just not, are not an aggressive team offensively, defensively, and and they've only had one power play in each of the last two games. And that's telling. Like this team, it was funny because when they were like 9-1, and 10-1, we had a lot of text saying, guys, this team's not playing well. And we admit it. We're like, yeah, they haven't played their A game yet, but they're getting away with it. Now they're not. And, and they yet have to play their A game. I think their best game so far has been the Seattle game they won right before Christmas, before everything got shut down, because they had to gut one out with shorter player, two guys from the AHL, and, and they were able to pull that one out, Connor. But this is getting a, a little worrisome, I think. And I think it's okay to to point out, like, the, there's, no, there's not a lot of positives, Connor. I mean, they've won two games in December. And this team is really hard. And, and, and I think it's okay to just point that out. It doesn't mean you're being negative. It's just, it's <laughs> you're being honest about a team that struggling like crazy let's get to that reveal 
what the like i mean listen the refs got it wrong because dougie hamilton did clear okay but they didn't blow it down and then they go challenge it and then they come back out after what nine minutes yeah and the ref even looked embarrassed himself it was like well that play's not challengeable like what did, what did you make of that whole scenario because the whole time i'm sitting there with those nine minutes i'm like can you challenge that uh well just 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 bef- the before that and i feel like this has been a very negative uh show so yeah. far man that that touch pass from dry cell to yamamoto was sick uh Yamamoto going to the net driving to the net draws the penalty like he should and then doesn't give up on the play because initially I thought that the Devils touched it so I was kind of like oh why is this still yeah going? yeah but good on the and you kind of and you kind of saw teaching that you saw kind of Keith almost stop right because yeah. he's like well, well yeah what do I do here it seems like in the past we've seen that called before like like yeah. the whistle just blow it down and uh, get to the power play uh you know what it, it was a mess. Like, that was not a good look for the NHL. How do you go nine minutes reviewing something that can't be reviewed? Like, how does NHL head office, the, the, the you know, the, the people out in Toronto not dial into the rest and be like, hey, they can't review this, so it's a good goal. Like, it's like they reviewed it and then had to decide whether or not they could do it. And in my opinion, Hernan, that should have been a delay of game. If you're a coach and you challenge something that you can't challenge... Like, sorry, man, you can't do that delay a game penalty. Oilers go back to the power play. I know that's not a thing, but it, I thought that was just a real tough look for the the NHL and, and what was going on. That it took so long. Like, we we don't want challenges for that reason because it slows the game down. And to take almost ten minutes to figure that one out, bad luck. Like, how how did somebody not chime in there and say, hey, you know what, you well, can't review this? And I didn't know it myself. I, I, because I they, think that's they what were like happened. So confidently doing it, like they were so confident with the review. I was like, okay, well, they they must be allowed <laughs> to do this. I I think that's what happened. Was like someone probably called from Toronto and said, "Guys, what are you doing? You can't challenge this." And then the refs probably took another two minutes and said, "God, we're idiots," because just go back and look at when the refs making the uh, the announcement. He's embarrassed. Like he's almost like doesn't even want to keep talking. And I was, and that's what I was thinking. I was like. Well, you can't go back and 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 go back because the ref didn't blow his whistle. That's that's that play is dead already. Like you're done. You have to keep going with it. Now, to the benefit of the Oilers, they got the goal, which was the it was the wrong call by the refs, but the challenge and all that was <laughs> it was just and, wild and wacky. Man, but the, that should have been a like a, they would they because you can't challenge that. It that should kind have been a penalty. Saved the devil because it should have been a penalty for for the, you know, the wrong challenge. But then they say, well, it's not a penalty because you can't challenge that. Well, he still challenged it. Like, he still challenged it. So, so like, the coach... The New Jersey coach should have known that you can't challenge that. So, that's a penalty. So, the refs felt bad because they they allowed the challenge. So, it's like, oh, my God. But, now the orders did get a power play at 5-4. So, I'm not going to sit here and continue to make excuses for them, Connor. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. And if things aren't going bad for the Oilers, RNH uh, left in the third period, did not return. Uh, no update after the game. We'll hear from Dave Tippett a few clips here uh, to wrap up the podcast, but. Uh, RNH, who's been all right this season. I mean, he only has three goals, um, not doing a lot offensively for this team. 
I know he's got a ton of assists. I know that. But when you're playing as much as he does, he needs to score a little bit more. But uh, how much does this hurt the Oilers if RNH can't go tomorrow to Connor? I mean, it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a now. weird question because I just said, like, this guy needs to score more, but at the same time, he does a lot for this team outside of the production and, and all that talk. Like, he's on the PK. He He's a top six guy, Connor. Like, uh, let's not get crazy here, but um, it's – it's it's uh, the hitch is he coming for this team. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny. Like, we twist go back to the start of the year where everything was going well. The team faced no adversity. Uh, the month of December, it's all hit them with the injuries and, and COVID yeah. and all the things like that. Uh, Nuge, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because, I mean, I, I feel like this is maybe a little harsh, but like master of none. Like, he's he's good at a lot of things, but I don't know if he's Thank you. at anything. So it's you like just... when you take him, when you take him out of the lineup, yes, you, you, you lose a lot. You lose a top six forward. You lose a power play guy. You lose a penalty kill guy. So it's a big loss because he is a good player at doing so much. But at the same time, like like you said, he's got three goals this year. He's got uh, outside the power play, 11 points in 29 games. like And no power to, play goals. And no power play goals. So, yeah, you know, he, he's good at a lot of things, but he's not amazing at, a lot, at everything or one set thing. So I think it's a big loss because he can, do, he can really help your team. But I think that guys can fill his role. Master, I, feel like, I don't want to be too I, harsh I, on Nuge. No, no, it, Connor. Here on the lockdown, we're honest, man. Like it's not good, or like I mean, it is what it is. And I love that you said master of none because I think that's the perfect description for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's good at a lot of things, but he does not excel at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like he he's he's not going to be a liability out there, which I think is important. Like he's he's not going to hurt you at too many things, but. When you're in the top six, when you're on a line with McDavid or Drysaddle, five on five, you have to produce. Like that, that's just how it goes. And yeah, it, un, you know, fair or not, if you don't, the Oilers aren't going to win hockey games. Like so, going back to when they had a lot of success, those two guys were tearing it up, and you know their productions dipped a little bit. And we're seeing that this team isn't deep enough. So when you're playing with those guys, you got to take advantage of it. Five on five on the power play all the time. Yamamoto took a lot of heat. Everybody wanted him shipped to the moon because he wasn't producing, right? And so what's the difference? Like, wouldn't you expect more from Nugent? People are like, well, Hernan, he has 20-something assists. Okay, that's fine. I And that's good. And I'm not dogging on Nuge, but I still think he needs to be a lot better. I mean, you're you're on the best power play and you don't have a goal. You have three goals and we're heading into 2022. That's just not good enough. And Yamamoto played his best game of the year, I think, tonight. I think... You know what was a positive too? Ryan McLeod looked really good with Connor McDavid. Yes. What the the odd time they got out there that they even connected for a goal. So there is something there. I guess that's a positive. Yamamoto played well tonight. Uh, tonight this afternoon, McLeod was really good. Duncan Keith had a bounce back game, and uh, Connor McDavid was Connor McDavid. Drysaddle had a nice setup. So there was some good. I mean, you got a goal from Devin Shore. Um, who I like a lot and Colton Sevier always works his butt off. So there was a lot of good in this game, but we're talking about the New Jersey devils here and you still gave up six goals, Connor. And uh, you move on to tomorrow. And I think the positive for tomorrow, just looking at it, the orders have taken four of the last five against the New York Islanders. Now three of those have gone to extra time, Connor, the wins uh, two in OT one in a shootout, but that bolts well for the Edmonton Oilers. The New York Islanders are struggling this year as well. Uh, Miko Koskinen is going to get the start. How are you feeling about tomorrow? 
I mean, as as up and down as today was, I feel like tomorrow is going to be more of an indicator of this team and where they're at. Like the New York Islanders have struggled this year, so if you if you go out there tomorrow, and you know it could be a statement game, perhaps you you get a good start and you win, then I might I I'll feel less bad about the game today. You go out there tomorrow and and have another stinker and and lapse it defensively and get poor goaltending then I'm going to be extremely concerned because the Islanders, I mean, probably the biggest disappointment in the NHL, the pessimistic Oiler fan in all of us probably thinks, well, here comes the the slump buster for the Islanders. They'll probably beat the Oilers five, nothing. And you know, we'll, we'll all sadly laugh at that, but I don't know Hernan. Like it's, it's a game that a good team goes out there and finds a way to win, takes advantage of a team that has been struggling this year. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, I really think like Matthew Barzell and Josh Bailey just <laughs> burst out tomorrow and have a great game. New York's only ahead of Ottawa and Montreal when it comes to the Eastern Conference. This is a team that the Oilers. Well, I said that tonight too. I, I said the Oilers should beat New Jersey, and I know New Jersey has a lot of young, uh, skilled guys, but the Oilers on paper are the better team. And they lost. They gave up six. And uh, tomorrow, like you said, Connor, Oilers should go in there pissed off. Should go. This sh- Listen, there's a few things I'm going to be looking for, Connor. If the Oilers are not ready to start tomorrow's game, that's a big sign to me that this team is heading in the wrong direction, or already is. They got to score the first goal. And if they're down, and let's just say, like like you were saying, like if this team all of a sudden is down 4-1, four and four, one, I want to see a pissed off team. I want to see a team engage and say, we're going to lose, but we're going to fucking uh, – we're, we're going to – we're going to we're going to push back and we're going to you know piss off some islanders here and we're going to drop the gloves. Now, I know they don't have a lot of guys that do that, but you know you get my point because if not Connor, I I think the concern level is going to hit a whole new level and I think Dave Tippett being on the hot seat is going to become a legit legit possibility. Yeah, absolutely Hernan. And can you swear on this podcast? Of course you can. Oh, okay. I don't I don't necessarily swear that much. Anymore. I didn't mean to, but it was just my passion got the best of me. <laughs> the passion came oh. out there. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Hernan? If they lose tomorrow, then your next episode of the podcast will have lots of swearing because it'll be awful. And then the the, the hot seat gets even hotter. Yeah. Um and yeah, and, and honestly, like like we, we we referenced the ducks today, dropping the gloves, getting into it a little bit. I don't even need to see that from the Oilers, but like, you know, show some emotion. Maybe it's just a little bit of a slash. We've seen, you know, you've seen Leon Dreisaitl be the grumpy German. You've seen Connor McDavid uh, <laughs> throw the elbow every once in a while. Like those guys, they'll play on the edge a little bit there, but you don't see it too often from other guys on this team, uh, you know, and you got to pick your spots, right? Today, you didn't have to do it. It was a one goal game. You couldn't be... You couldn't get too frustrated. You got to play within the game and not do anything to hurt your team. But yeah, if, if there's ever gets that situation where the team does get blown out, you'd love to see them be a little pissed off about it because I, I think for a fan, at least you see, well, at least they're mad too. Yeah. And let's kick off 2022 with a win here for Edmonton and, and a win goes a long way. Another two points banked and, and those games in hands, you're not, you're not losing them. Right. So Here's hoping the Oilers come out with a, a better effort. They weren't terrible to, 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 uh, this afternoon, but just far to lose. The goaltending wasn't good enough, but that they were able to create offense, and they looked really good at certain points in this game. And it bodes well for the Oilers when guys like Yamamoto and Ryan McLeod are, are playing well. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. New York Islanders. Connor, uh, you've been a regular on my podcast in 2021. You're a true friend. Uh, if people don't know, I <laughs> did test pos- positive for covid uh, a few days ago. So I'm isolating my apartment. Um, uh, and not the best ideal way to bring in the new year, but uh, being safe and uh, 
you checked I, you checked up on me every day since I, I you guys knew I tested positive. So I appreciate you. You're a great friend. You're a great colleague. And uh, thank you for all your work this year with my podcast. Uh, I know next year you're going to be joining me on the regular too. You always bring the good stuff. But Connor, to you and your wonderful girlfriend and your parents and your sisters and your nephews and your nieces, uh, all the best in 2022. I got nothing but love for you, Connor. Hey, Hernan, that means a lot for you to say all that and appreciate it. All the same back to you. Uh, I don't think you're alone, man. Uh, the numbers in this project yeah. right now are crazy. So to anyone tuning in, maybe uh, listening to this to help pass the time, uh, I, I hope we provided with a little entertainment. Hopefully the Oilers have a good <laughs> game and can win tomorrow. It's nice and early. You can wake up. Uh, for those of you partying tonight, maybe you wake up and you have a, a Caesar in the morning and watch some hockey or some uh, some coffee. And oh, Bailey. Yeah. You can watch the Oilers hopefully pick up a win. But uh, I'm glad you're still good to do this podcast. The voice yeah, is still yeah. there. Thank you for having me on all year long and uh, happy new years to you and your family as well. Thanks, Con man. And and to my listeners, like I, I know today was kind of on the negative side, but I mean, we're honest and, and I don't think we can sugarcoat what's going on right now. We did bring up some positives, but don't take it as, as negativity. Just take it as honesty right now. And, and Connor, I know you and I want this team to do nothing but good things. We want the fans to be happy. Uh, it's been a long and suffering fan base here for so long that we want this team to do well. So hopefully better times in 2022 for the Edmonton orders and maybe they can find a nice little uh, six, seven, eight game win streak here to to uh, get this the uh, the new year going. But Connor, thank you so much, man. Enjoy tonight, and I'll uh, I'll see you in twenty twenty two in uh, probably ten days or so. <laughs> see you, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Big shout out to the con man for joining me today. I and I apologize for it being overly negative, but this team is just um, it's not good right now. What's going on with the Edmonton Oilers? Hopefully, they kick off twenty twenty two with the win tomorrow. I truly want them to win tomorrow, guys. I do. I want Koskinen to play well. I want the whole team to play well. And for the sake of all the fans out there, I want them to win and, and start off the new year on the right foot. Uh, but like I've always said on this podcast, we're always going to be brutally honest. And right now, it's not good for the Edmonton Oilers. So it's more bad than good. But um, there's another game tomorrow, and uh, let's go into it positive, and and hopefully the boys can pull out the win, and Oilers fans and everybody that that follows this team, covers this team, cheers for this team, can uh, start off 2022 on the right foot. I, I promised you I'd get to uh, Dave Tippett. We went kind of long there with Connor Halley, um, so we'll leave that out. Uh, just overall, their press conferences were just, they, they did some good stuff, and uh, yeah, they just got to find a way to be better and not give up that tying goal, and kind of the same old cliche stuff you hear when a team uh, loses a game, so nothing really to report as far as Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Dave Tippett did say nothing really, uh, no, no new information, um, said he left with the trainer and uh, they're gonna they're gonna check on his status uh, obviously uh, after the pressers and then we'll see what uh, Nuge's status is for tomorrow's game and uh, if he's out then that leaves just another uh, hole I guess for the Edmonton Oilers but uh, I guess the good thing is they have won four of the last five against the New York Islanders this is a team that the Oilers have to jump on get the first goal please 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 get the first goal and stop playing from behind uh, postponed games for January guys 
guys. I'll give you this quickly. January 8th, Edmonton, New York Islanders is postponed. January 12th against Minnesota is postponed. January 14th against the Vegas Golden Knights is postponed. And Winnipeg hosting Edmonton on January 16th also postponed uh, due to the uh, restrictions and the uh, capacity limits and all that. So more information as the days pass here. But I just want to say, guys, um, maybe we don't agree all the time. Maybe you agree with me. Maybe you dislike me. But I truly appreciate that uh, you continue to download my podcast and listen to this guy uh, ramble on about the Edmonton orders, whether it's good or bad. Um, I want the team to do great things like all of you do. I truly do. But uh, <laughs> sometimes you have to be brutally honest and brutally honest. And I think that's okay. When they're playing great and well, I'll always praise this team. When they're playing crappy, I'll always be uh, honest uh, with you guys and, and what I think the problems are with this team. And December hasn't been kind to the Edmonton Oilers. And we continue to live through this pandemic and it's been tough times for everybody. So again, I would just want to thank you for continuing to listen to this guy. Uh, this uh, this Latino Canadian guy born here, born and raised, um, grew up a diehard Edmonton Oilers fan, lucky enough to be able to cover the team and come to you guys through 1260 and the two guys and the Locked On Oilers podcast. And uh, New Year's this year is a little different for me as I won't be able to bring it in with my loved ones due to testing positive COVID, but uh, safety first, of course, and I'll get to see my family here within uh, 10 days or so and give them the hug and uh, welcome in 2022 with them. I wish you and your families and all your loved ones nothing but the best in 2022 hopefully we can kick this pandemic in the ass this year and hopefully the Oilers can kick some ass this year uh, not only in the regular season but into the playoffs i am truly grateful for your support i love all of you and if you ever see me out, out on the town when it's safe to do so we'll have a drink together happy new year wishing you nothing but uh love and success in 2022 on behalf of my boy juanito Great job all year and the Locked On Otis podcast. I am Hernando Man talking Los Petroleros. Enjoy your new year. Have a drink. Have some good food. And we'll chat in 2022. <music>